Schedulicity has done it once again. They, uh, uh, in addition to their $5,000 a month grant that they give to a barber or to a hairstylist, um, they just, uh, they just made it so it's uh, a little bit easier to make some money. Yeah. I mean, they uh, came out with a credit card processing uh, payment system called Schedulicity Pays. It's pretty exciting, right? I mean, like they're offering it, uh, they're offering credit card processing for 1.99% or 10 cents a, a swipe, but... And what's cool about that is that they'll get, even give you a uh, free uh, card reader. That's unheard of, right? Because I know I paid like a bunch of money for mine. Yeah. You know? So they're going to give it to you free and then only charge you 1.99% per, percent with a... Uh, 10 cent a swipe fee, right? Yeah, you can't beat that. You can't beat that at all. Um, and also what's really cool too is it works within your Schedule City app, so you don't even have to leave the app or use a different um, like app outside of outside of the, uh, you know, the, the, the already app, right? Yeah, you just stay in one platform. That's can't it. get easier than that either. I'm like, <laughs> I know, right? And you can uh, manage all your uh, all your papers right through that, right? Yeah, all your inventory and everything. It, you know, all major credit cards are accepted. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And the best part, which is also what makes Schedulicity incredible, is their their customer service, or as I like to be called, the rock stars. The rock stars. So you still have the love, same. Love the rock stars. The rock stars are are the difference makers in this company, as far as I'm concerned. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, and so you still get that uh, that that same service with them. Um, so I mean, literally getting paid just got a little bit better. Yeah. And then for uh, more information, just visit schedulicitycares.com to find out uh, more information on getting paid. Schedulicity Cares. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. And of course, sit with my best bud, Tony. What's up, man? What's going on, bro? Hey, we're at VTC. Yeah, man. Uh, today's interview, uh, it's a, an area that we've been talking about hitting a lot more. Right. And uh, this, this person is at the top of the game. No doubt. So uh, this year we kind of committed to, uh, to talking to more barbers. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, we, 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 we're slowly like digging in there, right? Oh, man. But this particular person, the story, I almost gave it yeah, away. Yeah, but right. <laughs> It's okay. Keep the, going. You know, the story is... Pretty, you know, phenomenal in the sense of how she became. See, I gave yeah, it up. Again. That's yeah. how I it. Became a barber. Became a barber. And uh, I am just so impressed, and, and you know, the resiliency she had to to stick through what you know she had to go through in order to become, you know, a star. I love it. I love it. I mean, I guess we can say this. We can say that uh, I and I believe this is true. If not, I apologize to whoever. I don't know. I'm apologizing to, but I think this is the first female barber that we've had on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yep. I can't think of any... Damn, if I forgot somebody, that's going to be bad, isn't it? Thank God for the power of edit. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, touche. Um, so, should we get in? Yeah. So, um, so today's guest, we actually, we've been kind of talking back and forth for, once again, it seems like everybody takes a year to get on the, uh, on her proverbial couch, you know, but uh, we've been talking to her for about a year or so um, to get her on the podcast. So, finally, today at BTC, it happens, and you know, BTC brings big names. Yep. 
You want it or you want me to take it? No, you don't. <laughs> so today our guest is the incredible Sophie Stay Gold, also known as Stay, and also uh, some people call her Miss Gold. Um, so, so, uh, so Sophie's with us today, and uh, I can't wait to get into her story because, uh, like you said, it's uh, the the, the build-up was pretty cool. Oh, man. It, it wasn't even, you know, her... I'm not even going to try to explain her story. Go ahead. I mean, she's here, right? She can explain her her story. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm so fascinated by it because I want, you know what I mean? I want to get into it. Well, let's do it, man. Yeah. So Miss Sophie Staygold, welcome to your day off. Thank you for having me. I know it's been crazy that we've been talking about this for a year. So to finally make it happen, it's it's been good. And uh, I think we, go ahead. And I was going to say, I've missed out because you guys connected in Barbican and I, you know, I would miss Barbican due to, because I want to. To go scuba diving with my son, so we went scuba diving and I missed Barbican. But that's right, we had Maddie Conrad. It was fine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. But uh, yeah, so when he said, "Yeah, well, you know, we met, you know, with Sophie," I was like, "Oh, you know," because I've been a big fan as well. And, oh, you thank know, you. I feel like, oh man, I missed out. But I get Here to meet we you. Are. Yes. Here we, awesome. Here we are. We made it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Dude, so uh, where are you from? Originally, I grew up in Orange County, but now I'm in um, LA area, where, where all the where everything kind of unfolded. You know, we're a lot bigger and all the challenges and everything like that. Did you you start doing um, Did you start doing hair in Orange County? Mm-hmm. That's where I started. Yep. That's cool, man. So, uh, yeah, let's let's talk about your your journey. You know, because how old were you when you got into hair, or when you found? I was uh, 21, actually. Um, So around, so I was already, I think, in college for like two, two and a half years. But I was actually trying to pursue psychiatry um, and business admin, just like the regular stuff. Um, The business admin was actually a choice that my family had wanted. It was kind of like they wanted us, I mean, it's a very traditional thing about Asian cultures is just like they want us to be in law or medicine of some sort of work you know so I think a lot of times I have a lot of like um, people who ask from that are from Asian cultures like how do I deal with this like my family doesn't believe that this is a real thing and I'm like it's, it's one of those things where you have to kind of like you have to do something and accomplish something so that you can show them and that's the only way they would understand so me and my aunt actually had a huge falling out at the time. It was like my second year of college. And it was probably the first time on my own to be able to decide like what I wanted to do. And so I started taking classes in different things. And then I knew psychology was the one thing that stood out the most. Like mm-hmm. something about like how people behave and situational kind of psychology was like something I was super, super interested in. So I did a couple courses by my second year in that and realized that this journey would have been like a 15 year journey. And I'm like, I don't know if I could be in school for that long, honestly. Like, I'm a horrible test taker. I don't know why that defines, like, how you, you know, succeed and that kind of stuff. So by my third year of college, or, like, second and a half to third, this is where I believe you meet certain people for a reason, right? It could be small. It could be large. Um, So one of my friends around that time she's like hey can you can you dust off my ends i was like i don't know how to cut hair but that sounds fun like let's try yeah, let's give it a go. you know when we went to my mom's house and i was using um paper cutting shears and we just like the orange handled ones yeah the big ones <laughs> yeah, yeah. the big plastic <laughs> handles don't, don't, yes don't. <laughs> exactly that and i just trimmed off the ends and that was it and she was just kind of like 
hey, it, it came out okay. Like, why don't you go to hair school since you're kind of like in between, like, undis- like not being able to decide what you want to do yet. Right. And I'm like, doing hair? Like, that is just, it was just such a strange thought because I never be um, before that ever even thought like this could be a thing so after that i enrolled and it took about maybe like half a semester to get in because the the waiting list for it was so long i did get into hair school yeah it's <laughs> cosmetology school actually did you tell your parents or were they did they get upset i told my mom i was like mom i think i'm gonna do hair and i think everyone just didn't really know how to react to that but a lot of my other family were just like, so you want to work like in a hole in the wall, like for the rest of your life or um, like you want to do hair. They, they, it was more negative talk than it was like supportive. It mm-hmm. was just like, it was like, if that's what you choose to do, I don't want to be involved. Like, go for it. Right. Mm-hmm. But, 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 but you're saying not, they weren't disowning you. They just didn't want to be involved in your, uh, in your in that uh, decision. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So that way it, it if you fail, then it's all on you. Right. You have nothing it's, to do with exactly. it. Exactly. They, they, it's like, I told you so coming right. later, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> they were setting you up. <laughs> they were setting you up. Yeah. Hey, hey, who's saying I told you so now? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's the best part. Yeah. Right. It's amazing to me that like, I mean, we're going to fast forward way till, you know, this moment, but like, just like if she didn't ask you to cut your hair, we don't get to know Sophie, right? Right. It could have never happened, you know. Like the like proverbial really sliding know. doors, mm-hmm. right? Wow. Yeah. And after that, like we drifted apart. Like I never saw her again. But she comes up a lot in the story of just like how I got into it, you know. And it's just crazy. Did you owe her like a Twinkie or something? I know. I need to take her out to lunch or something. Right. You know? No doubt. Man. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. It's funny because we had this conversation the other day, where how just small things that can just totally alter your life the rest of your life right right you know without those kitchen shears you would not be sitting here with us mm-hmm. right now could you imagine like if like if the universe like was like oh yeah we're gonna make we're gonna make sophie like you know this mega star and then you're like there was no shears in the kitchen right <laughs> 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 just miss that the universe goes psych yeah <laughs> she would have grabbed a candle and a comb or something like start burning the hair so like um so you started hair school. Did did was it a, was it a natural thing for you, or, or was did you fight? Um, let's see. So I went to cosmetology school, and honestly, I mean, you're just kind of going through, just trying to checklist off the stuff that you got to like um, fill Firm out, and, yeah, right, all that right, kind of stuff. Right. But even then, I was always drifting more towards um, short men's haircutting or just short women's cuts, even. Um, nobody wanted to do any of the shortcuts, so they'd always give me all the clipper cuts, like all the students. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was already the start of like something that I was more into than doing, you know, color or any of the other stuff. So I think my interest had formed even be and since beauty school, mm-hmm. but I didn't understand what it was until about my second year after being licensed. That's, that's mm-hmm. pretty 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 uh gutsy because a lot of times when you're in hair school you really don't know anything Mm -hmm. so you tend to stay toward what's going to be the easiest and not put yourself out there Mm -hmm. and short haircut and men's haircut and clipper cuts i mean that's that takes a lot of skill so you know at that at that stage of the game you know what i mean i'll just stick with my one length i mean yeah (laughs) we work with hairdressers now that won't do men's cuts or clipper cuts or or whatever you know it's kind of yeah it's kind of amazing especially what's happened the last five years but we'll get into Mm -hmm. that later right but that's pretty incredible right yeah so that, I mean that's you know you're already we're ahead of the game like okay I'll take it mm-hmm. you know what I mean well yeah. maybe her perm wraps just sucked so yeah. <laughs> my perm wraps suck I just feel like I mean I didn't I've only done one French braid in my life and it was in beauty school and that oh. was hard I just 
being able to move in that small motion, it was really difficult for me. So you have no idea like how like Queen Queen of the South does it, right? No, I mean she's amazing, and <sighs> I tell her all the time like what you do is like really spectacular because I could not even figure out like how that even happens. I can't visualize it. I mean I can do I can barely do a straight braid versus they be doing all the curls and all that kind and, of and stuff. And oh by the way, like symmetrical. Yeah, <laughs> right? it's like, so symmetrical. It's so crazy to me, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're looking at me like I'm, it's definitely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, so from from cosmetology school, did you go like assist? Did you just start doing hair? Did you? I mean, what that, was that that's, transition? That's what they told us, right? When you get out of beauty school, you find someone that you assist, and and you go about it that way. So I had searched like all sorts of salons for um, any assisting positions, and the requirements were pretty tough. Like I couldn't get hired as an assistant, and if I did try, there would be places that are like you got to do a root touch up in like seven minutes or less, you know, as an assistant because they work like heavy amounts of people, I guess. And so I just couldn't find a spot. So I ended up working at, I think I, let's see, it was one of those like grand salons where they just have like a shitload of stations, you know, like 60 plus stations. Um, And I half rented a chair with a friend at the time and it was just, I mean, when you're new, it's so hard to build clientele. So I didn't really oh, so you last weren't, that long. So you weren't assisting there. You were actually like, yeah, you had a chair. I tried. You were, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're giving it a go. Yeah. And that was before, that was a little bit after. Um, the first, I think the first job I had out of beauty school was at a chain. It was like a 15 minute chain. Like one of the mall chains or something? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. It takes me back. When, when I graduated from school. And uh, a, a guy that we went to school with, he opened up. It's called. It was called International Barbers, right? And he opened up this, but it was like a slash between a barber shop and uh, and a hair salon. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first week, this, I'm just out of school. It, you know, and you'll hear on the story sometimes. You know, we cheated our way through school a little bit. <laughs> so I'm on the floor, and literally that after the first week, I had two clients. Uh, come back at the same time and they both were crying and i'm like oh my god i I need so much work so i i went and found a place to assist and spent a year assisting and uh that was a a nightmare i can't imagine you know already you're like investing Mm -hmm. into a chair to to you know start your career without assisting that's that's tough with no guidance right so so the the other 60 stylists there like none of them were like oh sophie let me show you this thing or that no they were very kind of clicky honestly Mm -hmm. yeah everyone just had like their own groups and it was just like it it wouldn't i don't think it i don't think they i've never seen anyone just like interact it was just very like closed off little groups that's that's brutal you know yeah we can do your buddy yeah especially when you're (laughs) new and you're like barely out of school i don't know if anyone would just want to help you like Mm -hmm. that yeah Uh, again again like in hair school i mean in in cosmetology school and and, you know i was gutsy because you're like give it give it Mm -hmm. give me the short haircuts Mm -hmm. give me the men haircut Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden here you are again in a gutsy move you know what i mean so that speaks a lot about your character you're not you know you you ain't afraid (laughs) can't be right (laughs) Right. so how long how long were you there um i was there for a few months like it it was it was quick Yeah. Yeah, yeah um but i was at the chain spot for also like two months i realized right away too it was just like okay these 15 minute haircuts are 
the one thing, I mean, there is a benefit, I think, in working in like a high volume place like that is like you are also building muscle memory of just like how to hold clippers or, you know, kind of speed through the motion. But you you sacrifice quality, of course. You sure. know, um, so I was there for two months and then I left there. And I think that was wrapping up around because uh, it got it was like at least a year. So I must be missing a couple more spots. I even tried to work at a cool cuts for kids salon. I was like, that would have been a nightmare. Glad that you didn't call me back. <laughs> um, but I was literally just trying to find anything and right. any, you know. Um, so approaching that year, I was like, OK, before I give this all up, give give this all up. Let me find a barbershop. And that's kind of where um, we used to look up jobs about Craigslist at the time. Yeah, right. You know, you look up. And I found this shop in Orange County and it was uh, it just opened up and they were looking for people. And it was a cosmetology friendly barbershop because the owner was a Cosmo. And so I was like, oh, perfect. You know, he, and then um, I set up with him in an interview and another spot. And this other spot had been there for like 11 years. It was like a neighborhood shop. You know, this is the place that my mom was talking about. Seven, $7 haircuts and it's just a small little hole in the wall. Aww. Like, you know. So I went to try out there. Um, first, I got an interview there. They made me cut for about a week. They're like, we just want to see where you're at and, and, and kind of see, you know, when you get here and you get hired, you're going to cut like us. We're going to tell you what to use. And it was just like a whole system. Mm-hmm. And so I was there for about a week and they... Um, they didn't, they kind of just didn't really give me anything yet. So then the other spot, I got the interview and he's like, great. Like as long as you're comfortable, like I can work with that. I don't care how long you take. I don't care if you use a weed whacker as long as the clients are happy and, and the job is done. And I'm like, cool. So I got hired at the second one um, just cause the process was just much faster. The other one was just kind of going back and forth. So I'm actually really glad that it worked out with the second one because he allowed us to kind of learn at a at a regular speed not have to like um tell you like hey you got to cut this way it was more open creatively Mm -hmm. to just kind of like do it as you wish and just kind of figure it out and so i started there and that's kind of where i actually learned a lot of the barbering um i was there for about four years before i moved on wow Wow. so the second one how many women were there it was just me you're the only girl consistently throughout those four years um, I think by the second or third, we might have had one, but no one really stayed as long. How was it like, I don't know how to really say this, but I'll just say it out mm-hmm. and then you can do, do with it what you will. But like, how was it like joining like boy culture? Um, it was a little tough, honestly, at first, because I think I was already like super shy to talk to even like regular people. So now to do it in a work setting where it is all guys for the mm-hmm. most part, it was a little bit more tough. Um, and one of the one of the things that my boss actually said at the time, he's like, just just wanted to give you a heads up. Like you might hear some things that might make you feel. Right yeah. Now. And he gave me a heads up and I'm like, oh, it's all good. Like it's all like I'm, I'm not I don't take that kind of stuff like too serious anyways. And so I think most people that get into it, there is a whole nother layer of just conversation. And also, too, it's like. It messes up a lot of vibes for, I think, a lot of old school barbershops, too, because it's like they have to filter through certain things or mm-hmm. whatever, knowing that somebody's there, somebody's mom, somebody's mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so it was a little tough of just like finding like a common ground of like what to talk about with guys. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a struggle for me at first because it was like I could do the haircut, but then I won't talk. Then And then vice versa. I couldn't do both at the same time. So it took a while to kind of find like 
um, a series of questions that you could just ask people to where you can find something in common and right, kind right, of go right. off of that. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And what about just like the conversation that's going on around you? Like the Honestly, shucking up and stuff. Yeah, honestly, it, it didn't really bother me. If anything, more people just got into the conversation and talked about it as a whole. You know, right. that was cool. Did you feel that it was harder to to build a clientele than the guys? Oh, for Did- sure. Yeah. There was a, a series of, like, um, encounters that I had in there that were... The where my coworkers um, saw it all happen, and I don't even think they knew how to handle it. You know, where it was just like uh, this one dude came in. He's like, "How?" I had just finished, so it didn't look like I didn't, wasn't doing anything all day. It was just like the guy <laughs> just left. Like, so yeah, my chair is open. You know, and he's like, "He's like, why is your chair open?" <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you're like, not sitting in right. it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "How long have you been cutting?" And at the time, I was like, "Oh, like two years." And he's like, "That's okay. I'll go somewhere else." So that was oh. one. Another one was. So you so if you were a dude, you don't think he ever asked those questions? Oh no, I would never right. ask that question. I just don't know why they would. You know, like right. I don't know. But I mean, to give them like the benefit of the doubt is just like maybe they had a really bad experience with one, mm-hmm. so they just kind of assume like they're just not skilled or whatever. You know, I try not to like think too deeply into it. It's like there must be some bad past experience. Um, but then another guy was like can I get a dude like just straight up can I get a dude and then another one said the same thing um and even though the guy that we had that was available was a student I'm talking about like a student barber (laughs) he'd rather go to that guy than give me a chance wow so that's you know and and it happens to I mean everybody no matter where you live like every time I've met and talked with people from different parts like that is something that still happens and if i were to go to a random barbershop and just start picking up clients i would still deal with it i know that yeah oh. mm-hmm. like if like your reputation didn't precede you like if you just yeah. went in there as a barber yeah and, and i went into a walk-in right. spot yeah i would still probably deal with the same things i kind of want to put a camera on you watch i, that <laughs> I know i know that would actually be a really cool like um behind the scenes video it kind of would yeah we'll mic you up and put a little camera yeah. on you oh my god I should probably do this yeah, yeah. that's probably because I guess hey, for so long get a long, shout out when you do it yeah well, you will <laughs> I guess for so long it's always been like a you know men barbering right oh, and then of course. and now you, you have uh, which is pretty cool because you see women just kind of taking over a lot of things in, in the hair industry which is pretty cool but I guess you know you got men that just kind of get so stuck in, mm-hmm. in the way they're thinking that they yeah. d- they don't think that you know maybe women can barber. And, mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm kind of like on that same note. Like like my curiosity is it is it because you're a woman, mm-hmm. right? Or is it because like like they feel like you're violating the boy spot? Yeah, I mean, kind of know what I mean. Yeah, it, maybe it's a mix of both for sure. Yeah, because yeah, I, I just when you were talking like mm-hmm. that, I was kind of like. Well, for, I can't imagine him being rude just because on a right. sexist level. So right. I was like, on what other level could it be? You know, right. like you know, maybe maybe he's uncomfortable because he wants to go in there and talk yeah. shit about the Lakers or something. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like I don't know. But anyways, why are we? Doing that? It's just kind of where I went. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Corey. So, yeah, yeah. Left field. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then I guess at one point, did you start it where like all the men and guys around you were like, man, she got game. Yeah. It. Well, okay. So I was working with like. 11 barbers and I was the only female Mm -hmm. so it was like I mean it was kind of like a dog eat dog world in there because you're trying to all get clients and I had to learn how to kind of um have a different 
packaging for my services because that way when people are sitting, I mean, the shop was always full. People are sitting in chairs, people are waiting so that you can kind of see what everybody's doing when you're in the waiting area. So I was like the one of the first people in that shop to go from uh, walk-ins to appointments because when it's so slammed, some of these people are waiting for like six hours. Like I remember one person what? waited for six hours and of course you're like, what do you even do for you to be able to wait for six hours? Like, who can wait for six hours? For a 15-minute haircut. Yeah, and these were fast. And so I was like, okay, what could I do that's different? So it got so busy that I'm like, I think people are willing to pay a little more to secure a slot and not have to wait an hour. Like, you come in five minutes prior, and then you get in, you get out. And so people started doing that. And I think some of those people that were tired of waiting were like, hey, like, that's an extra service like I would want to do, you know. And then I would start doing, um, I would start taking pictures of people. And so I had a whole, like, light stand. Um, I'd take pictures of people. I, I just finished it differently. And people started to notice, like, wow, like, how come these people are getting a different kind of service here? Like, I want some of that. So then right. people started paying attention. Then they knew, like, she puts in way more work than what a lot of these other people were were, were getting. Right. So I just started to kind of market in that way within so, the shop. So what year was this? This was between 2011 and 2015. This is amazing to me because this is like pre like pre social media that we know today, right? Mm-hmm. This is like you were kind of like you so, were molding the game yeah. before there was a game. I just yeah, because 2012 is when I started Instagram. But it was only to create a portfolio of work right. to show these guys. So that way, it's like, before you even decide, like, this is at least, like, a picture portfolio of what I do. So it was just a catalog, essentially. Yeah. yeah. That's the, that was the purpose of Instagram for me. It was just, right. like, to build a portfolio of, of better-looking haircuts that I could say, like, hey, this is what I can do so that you don't have to, like, <laughs> guess if I can cut hair or not. Right. It's a menu, right? Yeah, it's there's a, a menu. menu. <laughs> Some proof, you know. <laughs> proof. One guy actually asked me once, not in that first four years, but at the next shop that I went to and, he, and I showed him because he's like, well, it's not that I don't want to get a haircut from you, but like, can I see some of your work? I'm like, that's that's fair. You know, I show him my work and he's like, so are these all yours? I'm like, dude, seriously? Come on. Like, come, no, on. come on. I just steal these from other people yeah. to make myself look good. <laughs> well, you, well, remember, though, back in the 80s, everyone had the same exact posters on the wall oh, saying you sure. can get that. Yeah, man. exactly. <laughs> or like there's all those there's always those haircutting like magazines. The Ruzel's Barbershop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true. There's that's always so the, true. Uh, the, the catalogs uh-huh. that I'm like, you want this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then. So far. whatever happened to those? Never mind. Those magazines, right? So okay. So the I guess the all the other eleven barbers, mm-hmm. male barbers, they were like, man, I gotta I gotta start working like that in order mm-hmm. to keep my book. Right? Did you start taking everybody's clients? Well, it got weird because then a lot of their clients would shoot me a DM and be like, hey, is so-and-so in? Because if not, I'd like to come in, you know? And they uh, kind of go sneak in. I'm like, hey, he's off on Thursdays, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Can I come in? It was it was a little weird. I think I think they wanted to, but in, in barbershops, there's this weird, like, loyalty between people that, I mean, I don't really care. I'm like, if you, if I'm not here and you want to go try somebody else, like, you're more than welcome. Like, I don't, I don't own anybody. Um, but in barbershops, it's really weird sometimes in that, in that, in that whole thing. It's kind of weird in hair salons too, though. Is you know, it it's kind of the same thing? Mm-hmm. You know, like eh, you know, you see your client across yeah. the thing, you know, what's she doing <laughs> over there? You know, but it's more your own insecurity. Like, mm-hmm. what, how could right. I service better? But right. It, but then, it, if you but exactly. if you're blowing the game up there, then they know exactly where they're mm-hmm. falling short, right? Mm-hmm. What was the hardest transition from like a cosmetology school to a barbershop? The hardest thing, it was probably just the skill, learning the skill. I think, um, like. 
what I see now, how people can improve in like fading, it's it's like triple the speed that you can pick it up because there's so much more education available for that. And back then, like there was only a few YouTube videos at the time that I would look over, watch over and over again to try to understand. Um, so for me, I think learning how to how to do like men's tight cuts because in cosmetology school we didn't go that tight it was like number two at most like yeah, number but... one um squared sideburns i hardly did any tapers or anything like that <laughs> but i think learning the skill was probably the most difficult for me because it took me i mean i mean it's crazy because um i think a lot of times now that people that are transitioning from uh, cosmetology to barbering i think there's like a a weird timeline that people think that they could learn it and for me i mean i was going from i went to a barbershop so you're you're practicing back to back all day long mm -hmm. like it's not like i was at a salon i was taking a couple cuts every week you know this right. is i just completely switched over and you're just forced to do the same things over and over again so eventually and naturally you're going to get better at it much quicker and i was doing six days a week for four years so if you try to add all those hours up and how many people you had to cut like that's how long it took me wow. and i would say around two two to two to four years was a was my like okay i think i understand what kind of haircuts um how to go about each of them but from my fifth year up until now which is i think i'm approaching my 10th year was all just like being able to finesse them and get them even tighter and get them cleaner you know so they're the process just kind of not you don't really hit a spot it just kind of evolves you know wow yeah i can't imagine i know that's yeah. that's and and also probably dealing with people you know, yeah that's probably that's the hard one, right yeah that's mad respect that's great when did um when did you start blowing up on the grams because you said you started in 12 as a portfolio. Yeah. Then, like, when did you start to get traction? And, and was it purposeful or did it just kind of happen? Um, it definitely just kind of happened. I, I don't think I ever planned that, you know, when I start Instagram, this is what I want it to be. Right. It just kind of evolved. But did you see time. it like then in 2013? You're like, oh, wait a second. This is getting a little bit more traction. And mm -hmm. like, you know. Yeah. Did it you was, ever become purposeful with it? No. It just kind of, uh, it definitely just kind of happened. Um, so around, let's see, I started building my portfolio and then eventually by... Maybe the third or fourth year, I got picked up by a product company, and that's when we started cross-promoting. So I would do videos, I would do photos for this product line, and then they would give me shout-outs over Instagram and stuff. So we were that was the first time I started cross-promoting with somebody else. Um, and then from there, I just it gave me, I guess, a little bit more of like a confidence booster, like, hey, like someone actually likes your stuff, and now they're able to put a product in your in your work to right. kind of push that. And so I started doing more with like the photography and the videography and stuff. Um, How'd you learn that? Honestly, there was a feature on the camera that says you could record. <laughs> I was like, I might as well learn it. It's there, right? right? So I was like, I was just messing. I mean, I'm a super technology like like nerd so i like anything like if it could enhance my life by like one percent i'm gonna you're, probably you're invest in, in it right, yeah right. and so i was just like learning about it and this was like a basic basic like canon camera at the time and i was just i maximized everything that i could out of that you know whatever it could do mm -hmm. same with iphones i started doing with iphones first maximize everything that then i upgraded a little bit more and, and that's kind of the process of everything that i do with like cameras and stuff it's like learning maximizing what you can of the simple stuff and then kind of growing into the next phase so you work it till it doesn't work for mm -hmm. you anymore i'm like this there's, there's i can't create beyond this like i need to 
I so, need new so equipment. So what's next? Yeah, right. exactly. What's next? That's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's like our boy Gabe. He makes everything look so easy. I'm like, man, I feel like I'm all thumbs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's no doubt, man. <laughs> Some people just they can just make it look so easy. Oh um, yeah, you know. So what? Um. So get on Instagram mm-hmm. or, or or the gram starts blowing up. You start blowing up a little bit, and then like, what was that like? Like, what was it like? Like the first time, like you're in a random spot and somebody goes, hey, aren't you Miss Gold? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a little surreal still. Like, uh, Do you remember the first time it kind of caught you? Yeah, the first time when you're by yourself, it's not as weird, but when it's with other people that you're with and it's like your friends and they're just like, who are you? (laughs) You know, and they see you in a different light. Mm -hmm. I think that's when it kind of hits you. Um, But, you know, I, I just feel, it just makes me feel like I guess more encouraged to kind of like keep going down this path because it's mm. just like it's helping somebody somewhere mm. for whatever reason, you know. Right. And uh, it it's a good feeling because it just kind of motivates me. Like, all right, there's there's just more I gotta go. There's way I, more. Hey, I bet when you're with that estranged aunt, you're like, I hope somebody recognizes me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> My <laughs> aunt definitely needs to experience it. Yeah, you need you a gotta bring it to our hair show. Yeah. <laughs> She's funny. I'm hosting. I know. (laughs) She'd be behind the scenes like, she's actually pretty popular. (laughs) She is. (laughs) It was a good idea after all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I actually wonder what they actually think. I should ask them again. Like, hey, remember that time? You told me. What do you feel about it now? I'm just curious. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. They'll come up with something else. You know, you have too many tattoos. Yeah. (laughs) Some. Right. Tat- speaking of tattoos, when did you get your first tattoo? Nineteen. Mm-hmm. Nice. How long? How long before you ran out of real estate? I'm not. I haven't ran out yet, but Getting I have close. maybe. Hopefully, I can finish. I mean, I was trying to finish before thirty. Actually, I think mm-hmm. the older you get, it just hurts way more. So, I'm trying to finish. Hopefully, within the next two years, to just be a, completely done. You have a game plan. Like, you know what, you, you, you know, like, like, you know, Dre, mm-hmm. like his is clearly <laughs> like thought out. Yeah. You know, like, do you have like, is, is it all thought out? Like where you're going to go next? No, with the ink and it's, stuff, or I, I it can think kinda, of like where, but no, I don't always have like what I would want. Exactly. Would yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you still getting more tattoos? Yeah. I just got one the other day. <gasps> oh, that's a nice spot. <sighs> it was brutal. Do you use any like numbing cream or anything? No, we no. just went. Well, I don't know what he used. He might have used something. Okay. You know, like when they they use they the, use, like, the, the sprays lube. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm healing up today from it. So, but like you said, like the whole time I'm going, this might be my last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, always. It's always like, why do I do this to myself? <laughs> Completely. <laughs> and so, I you have to like, coach yourself through it, though. Oh, like, and I sat for seven and a half hours. Oh, you know, yeah, and I'm like, oh, for seven hours, I'm like. Stop, I'm done at tap four. Out, tap I'm out. done at four. At four. Yeah, that's where you tap out. You haven't done a long spot, have you? Uh, uh since since my chest we went. Yeah, Danny. From, yeah, Ugh. it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. You know, that's crazy. Um, yeah, speaking of tattoos, like my, my when I asked you how old you were, mm-hmm. my first tattoo. Oh my god, I, I might have been thirteen. Thirteen. And that, but it was, my mom it had a worse. fit. Yeah. So we're at my uncle's house, right? And he was a part of this biker gang, and they're all like, uh, 
getting high, getting drunk, and giving each other these jailhouse tattoos. And, and by the way, high he means like green. Like he doesn't mean like weed. Like mm. yeah, like, 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 like PCP. Like mm-hmm. yeah, you know, biker drugs. Mm-hmm. These guys are on it. <laughs> so my cousin and I were sitting there, and they're like, they're like, you boys want some of this? We're like, yeah, this is cool, right? Thirteen years old. You, you know. So we go there, and they're like, next thing you know, the next next morning, you know, look at it, and it looks like a like a. A Harley Davidson bird that got ran over. <laughs> it like it or it flew and hit my arm and it splatted. It looked nothing like it. My mom's like had a fit. She's like, "What in the world?" It was bad. It was yeah, bad. Didn't she make you scrub it off? No. Well, a couple of years before that, they put like a little line, a little green uh, like cross, you know, just mm-hmm. to see if I could take the pain. And yeah, so my mom took an SOS pad, gave it to me, and she goes, scrub that off. And so I'm sitting there sc- scrubbing that little tattoo off my arm. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> then he had bad. a cover up of like a splatted Harley Davidson. Uh-huh. Um, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> but, That's crazy. Hey, so were you always into art? Like even. Art as in like tattoos and stuff? No, no, no. Or just like, like when you were young, did you, did you do any painting or any kind of that? No. How I can't draw. Really? I really can't. That's why I can't do hair tattoos and stuff. Like, I just, it doesn't come natural. Like, if I had something, like, if I trace something, I could probably follow it, but naturally mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to do, like, you don't see designs like that, and stuff right? like that. Yeah. Like, like Rob? Yeah. What Rob does is incredible. Like, that's a gift for sure. I, I, the last design I did, though, was kind of funny. This kid wanted a star. Mm-hmm. I'm like, stars, you can draw that on paper, right? right? It's super simple. Except I don't know how to draw a star without doing, like, the crossovers. That's what I did. I was like, that's exactly <laughs> what I did in this year. I did it exactly how I would imagine doing it on paper. And it ended up looking like Patrick from SpongeBob <laughs> on the side of this kid's head. And you know when people do designs, they know how to blend that in right. to the hair and right. the rest of it, and they do a border. But mine was just like a nice little fade, and then this big asshole where the star was. A star hole. I couldn't even show him the mirror because uh. the arms were like up here and not here, right? So I'm like, oh look at the look at your hair. I only show him from the front, so he can't really see it. Like, I'm like see ya. You're like that's dope. <laughs> that was the last one I ever did. Did you ever see that kid again? No, I never did. I'm like, it's okay, I get it. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. I'm going to stay gold to get a hair to get a funky fresh haircut. Oh, yeah. no, you got you, you got a star hole. Yeah, you really did. Oh man. You got a Patrick. Bad. <laughs> right. It was oh literally a starfish for sure. Oh my god. That's so so funny. I was like, wow, okay. I that moment I was like even more cuz I, I still remember all the time like Rob, you are a beast because you do perfect stars of just like through the regular outline, like perfect every single time. I mean, I'm perfect like, is wow. like it's not Rob the original, it's Rob the perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Like that those yeah. salt sculptures and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, uh, those salt drawings and oh, stuff. I know. Oh, it's my insane. God. Even the horse tattoos, right? The dog. Yeah, those horse ones are getting better now since he started yeah. doing them more often. Yeah, no doubt. And yeah. they were dope to begin with. Yeah, right? yeah. I just every time I, I watch him do it, I'm so scared somebody's gonna get kicked. <laughs> I know. Like, right? I'm like, what if those trimmers bite a little bit? You I know, know, right? I just wonder, but. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no more Rob. Yeah. <laughs> that's just the, that's yeah. Putting his life story. at risk every time. Yeah, right? That's so crazy. Pepper bites, horse bites, mm-hmm. <laughs> horse kicks. <laughs> They're so dope, though. Mm-hmm. Those, those, uh, yeah. yeah, those Versace heads. I know. And so, it's mm. really crazy. 
It, and I mean, I guess we can get into that. I mean, man, what's happened to the barber game in the last five years? I mean, at least it's, that, it's been in my eyes mm-hmm. for the last five years. You know, if 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 Rob from Rusal was here, he would be yelling at me that it never died. Mm-hmm. You know, but certainly the last five years, oh, it's for like sure. escalated like crazy yeah. for me. For for reasons of, of like Sophie's, and, you know what I mean. Their Instagram has just made it so just so cool and so relevant. Yeah, completely. You know, and, and probably a lot like like. Um, I've, t- I've talked a couple times on the podcast, like, you know, when, when Instagram took off, like, mm-hmm. you know, before that, we had a couple people that worked on stage, you went to see them, yada, yada, yada. And then, like, as soon as Instagram took off, you're like, oh, my God, there's such incredible talent in this country. It's not just the people that are performing in the stores. Mm-hmm. Start on the sta- stages, the you know, mm-hmm. people behind the chair. Oh, for too. Sure. So, you know, that must have been, it must be the same thing kind of with the barbering, right? Yeah. Like you had, like, all these little stars, but now it's a place to kind of get together and, mm-hmm. and, and communicate together. Oh, exactly. Know? And also, too, it's just, like, Instagram for sure has helped us kind of, like, blow it up and stuff like that. But it almost, like, even reminds me of, like, the reason why I kind of, like, talk about the things that I talk about is because it still branches from, like, the beginning where where, um, I remember, I think it was, like, it was when I just started. And people are like, what do you do for work? You know, it was just a random question. I'm like, oh, I'm a barber. And it was just like no one really cared. No one really mm-hmm. respected the craft. I mean, I mean, my own family didn't even really believe in it either. So through the process of just like being able to um, create content, like I wanted people to see like this is something that is difficult. Like it is hard. Like we we even didn't even have like respect from like um, cosmetologists at the time. Like I remember that first few years, like people were just like, oh, you guys are barbers. Like nobody really cares. Mm-hmm. You know, like anybody could do it, fades or whatever. And then once they got into it and tried to do it themselves, it's like they started to realize it. And we had people even in the audience sometimes that were like, hey, I'm a cosmetologist and I actually didn't trust. They would admit to it some of them like you know I didn't believe in the craft at first until I got into it and now I'm here to kind of just like support it and you start seeing that more often and then even now it's just like I love seeing that people are like opening up and reaching out and they find I guess like hope in my pages to kind of like like if they wanted to enter it from whatever different backgrounds they come from like a lot of them were like corporate people that were like you know I, I started seeing what you were doing and it's just like you created like hope for them to kind of pursue it because they were afraid of it at one point right. maybe that it wasn't going to be that it wasn't going to pay it off you know if you invested that much but I think that the more that we kind of just keep pushing within our you know our local spaces I mean eventually that's going to infect everybody else and, and and all the new people that are coming into it sure that's it, awesome being able to impact people's lives like that Oh, it's crazy. Sure. And just think about, like, you know, you, you were saying that you were getting the respect from the Cosmos, but, like, right now, like, the Cosmos got to keep up with the barbers, mm-hmm. right? Because everybody wants to fade, you know? Yeah. And, and that's a whole different that's a whole different game, you know? Yeah. And, like, I think, I think too, like, just work, what we were talking about earlier, how, you know, especially in Cosmos school or, or cosmetology are scared to fade. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's just, like, a different visual mm-hmm. line, right? Yeah. Like, I think in hair school, we're taught to cut hair this way. Right. Right? It's just, like, a tighter graduation, though, you know? Right. But you're also looking inside the head mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, you know, what's happening on the ends mm-hmm. of the hair. Right? Right. Am I right here? You don't know nothing about no barber, man. <laughs> I don't know nothing about nothing. You're, you're That's why I'm talking to Sophie, right. man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know nothing about nothing. But what's cool, too, is seeing the two the two sides merging, too. Mm-hmm. It's intertwining. and You know what I mean? Like like the, the show here, we are BTC show, right? I mean, you see the 
the Sophies, you see the Maddie Conrad, yeah, the Maddie Conrads, you see all the hairdressers, and everybody's like kind of like blending this mm-hmm. together. It's, it's becoming like, one industry. Yeah, right? it's about yeah. hair, right? Yeah. At yeah. the end of the day, it's not about you know fades or it's not about braids or it's not about you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's hair. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. That's very, very yeah. Weird. That that's the thing I'm I'm super stoked to see all the time is the the cross, because I mean now you have women's haircuts that incorporate an undercut or somewhere mm-hmm. or you know um, sh- where it's shaved underneath and it's going into like a bob. But then also it's like guys' haircuts that are longer but super tight on the side but still really long on top. So you kind of almost are forced to kind of learn a little bit of both now. Right. You I know? don't even really know honestly. In my whole career, I don't even know what the difference between the two are. You know, like, mm-hmm. why is there two different licenses? Why is there something called right. barbering? I, or I wish there was just a one for all. Yeah. yeah. You know? Completely. You yeah, know? They sh- yeah, you should learn fading mm-hmm. in, in cosmetology school, mm-hmm. you know? And I think you're seeing more of it. I mean, you know, as, as men, especially with, like, the vivids and stuff, you know, more and more men are doing vivid colors. You know, we saw Mikey T's last night. I mean, who's more vivid mm-hmm. than that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, um, like, you're seeing the vivid colors. So I think, like, it's going to force, like, barbers into that, mm-hmm. into that, you know? What, what equivalent to our fade world yeah right? like to oh, do more sure. color and stuff like mm-hmm. that yeah uh johnny uh and gabe collabing right oh, that's right johnny and uh they did that collab with uh that was a lot of uh, barbering and, and color. color together yeah. yeah um so you brought it up a little bit earlier like do you feel a, a, a role model both as a woman and as an asian woman probably yeah 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 so what what are those what are the, what are those conversations like um, those are, I mean, I've had people get pretty emotional over it, um, that are most of the time just not even like the Asian part, but just like being a woman in barbering because mm-hmm. I think they, they, for them to know, like I struggled with the same thing, I think gives people comfort. And that's mm-hmm. why I kind of share those things because it's like, I mean, easily we, most people just share all the good sides of everything that we do and it's, and that's all great and all, but I think when you actually talk about things that um, kind of bring out like 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 it wasn't it wasn't easy to get there like you had to go through a certain amount of things for it to make sense that it gave them comfort to kind of like know like this is hard right now but if you allow yourself to go through it and you allow yourself to feel what you need to feel mm-hmm. you're going to be better for that next phase because if you don't allow that you don't build the the with the foundation of the it. The foundation or how to deal with that next group of, you know, whatever challenges. you got. Yeah, yeah, the challenges. Because the challenges are never going to stop. Like, you're going to get a new a new series at each level. But the only way for you to get to a point to where you can learn how to deal with those, like, obstacles is being able to conquer those previous ones. Because you learn lessons in each of those things. And then you apply them to the next. And then you learn a new set. And then you apply it to the next. So it's kind of like a, a never-ending process, you know. Mm. Right. <laughs> I think that's the takeaway right there, yeah. man. You know what I mean? That was the golden nugget. That was, right. the, that was the steak but golden nugget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's too easy, Sophie. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. That's funny. Yeah. It's, uh, we've talked, um, it's funny as, as, as you start to mature, it's like just mm-hmm. getting comfortable with what you were once uncomfortable with, Yes, you know, and then, but, then, but what's ahead of you, mm-hmm. more uncomfort, you right. know, more, more right. stuff. And then just how to, you how get to better at, at being uncomfortable. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you get, weirdly, you get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? It's like, almost okay, like, Oh, this, this doesn't feel space. right, but this is good. It's familiar space. It's like yeah, talking exactly. on stage. How, how was it when the first time you talking oh, on stage? Yeah. Oh, so bad. Horrible. Um, I remember. Where was it? This was Long Beach. 
Oh, Long Beach, ISSE. Yeah. Um, what year? This was, let's see, what's four years ago? Four years ago. 15. 15? Okay, yeah. So that one so was hard. So, so did they ask you to do it, or did you, something that you've always wanted to do? Or? So this kind of goes back to what you said about, like, struggles and stuff. I think when you actually realize the things that you're most afraid of or that you struggle the most usually become something that you could be really good at one day if you actually, like, attack it. Um, public speaking has been my downfall for uh, all my life. Um, I think like even doing it in school where you had to introduce like a random person like that would make me shiver and like Mm -hmm. I just lose words and so I remember right before I got picked up with Babelis um, I was doing Toastmasters. Have you seen? You guys have heard of that? I did it once. I was like, you know, I need to get better at this. I started taking interpersonal communications in in college. Um, I, I would take them at different Uh, college campuses to kind of understand like the way because people teach them differently you know what I mean so I did that to kind of understand because I knew like um, communication was something I struggled with so much and that's that's not even just communicating with coworkers, but like within yourself I think that's kind of the core and once you figure that it kind Mm. of makes sense and how it applies to people around you and I remember I think just putting that energy out at that time of wanting to be better at it Mm. I think um, Babelist came out around that time was like hey we're building up a, a barbering team um, we'd like you to be a part of it and in that moment I did think I was like this is this was the universe telling me like this is your way of like getting over that fear so it wasn't even be it wasn't even about educating it it was about getting over just like public public speaking mm-hmm. and so um, I did one Toastmasters right before that to kind of like uh just kind of get into it a little bit and it was it was a struggle of just I think just talking in front of people especially especially now when you're talking about it in front of other professionals who most of the time have cut longer than I have so that pressure of just going in yeah a little bit younger than everybody it was a little bit harder to kind of like gain like um, respect from if, if I didn't if they didn't know me or anything like that um so that first show like I mean, you plan so much and you're trying to cram what you're going to talk about. And not only because you're not, you're not up there by yourself, you're up there with other people. So you have to segue and make it. And, and there's also challenges in, in talking um, with people. And there was a lot of times where I would just like mid-sentence, just blank. I'm like, <laughs> so this, this is why I like it. You know, it just doesn't <laughs> even make sense. But yeah. I was just filling in space, you know. And I would tell, tell all of our listeners, you know, that... If, you know, I'm just going to go kind of through the story that we just recap, but it's, to me, it's all about respect, right? Mm -hmm. First, you know, you didn't have the respect of your family Mm -hmm. to, to choose this career. You didn't have the respect of the other 11 barbers that, or the customers Mm -hmm. in that all male barbershop, Mm -hmm. right? Now here you are, you're about to go on stage with Babelis. You feel like you don't have the respect of the audience because you're younger. You know what I mean? You're going on through and you're everything that you went through. I mean, you challenge yourself. I mean, a lot of people would be so afraid or, you know, after the first thing, listen to their parents or after the second thing, getting beat down in an all male barbershop, you know, eventually some people would stop. Mm-hmm. But you just kept pushing through, like you just like boom, knock down that wall, knock down that wall, knock. And here you are now. You're you're on some of the biggest stages in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's now crazy. it's all respect because mm-hmm. when Sophie does something, we're, we all have our eyes on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's all about the art. It's about what you're doing. It's what you're seeing. And dude, I'm 
that's phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's pretty crazy. Um, going back to 2015, what was it like, like sitting side stage right before you went up? Were you just dying? Oh yeah. You just get like stomach aches like all day. It's just like, it never goes away. And you're just like, you literally just sweating the whole time. We would get so sweaty up there, all of us, because everyone was kind of new. Right. And the, the new team, right? Yeah, it was a new team. The only person that was um, wasn't new was Rob. Rob had already been on the team, but mm-hmm. Rob was on the team before the bar the barbering team was created. So he was on like the regular um, stylist side. That's why he's the original. Mm-hmm. He really is. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, do you still get Do you still get the butters? Yeah, it, it it goes away. I mean, it's not that it goes away. You get. You just get better at handling your nerves, but right. I still get nervous every time. Yeah. But it, but it's more controlled now. Right. Mm, with right. just a lot of the practice that we've had. Well, you can't tell. Mm. So. I, thank, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and even if I, if I forget now, I have just ways of just saying stuff where it doesn't really make sense, but it sounds like it makes sense. You know? Right, yeah. Because we don't know what you're yeah, trying to say. Yeah, I'm like, you guys don't know either, so whatever I say, you're going to believe. <laughs> Is that the fake until you make it thing? Exactly. Right. Oh, yeah, she already made it, so she, yeah, right. <laughs> we're uh, you know we're good friends with Ben Mullen, and Ben Mullen has the Ben Mullen Project. You know about this? He, uh, he's doing a, uh, a a public speaking course for just the hair industry. Oh, nice! That's yeah, really awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ben's a good dude. So there's a there's a little shout out to Ben Mullen mm-hmm. and the Ben yeah. Mullen Project. But a lot of a lot of uh, people who've been through his uh, speaking series, they said it's totally changed their lives That's... as far as public speaking. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely doing one. Yeah, that's a that's a really good thing to offer because I don't think we have enough of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's a hairstylist, you know. So like, oh, even he, better. Um, yeah, yeah. Were you at? Uh, did you go to LTC this year? Mm-mm. Oh, because he hosted that mm-hmm. um, down in Orlando. Oh, okay. Um. So yeah. So he's get, he he has good gigs too. Mm-hmm. You know, hosting it. Yeah, I would I would highly recommend anybody to take that then because it's it's going to help you with even like your consultations and just everything, just being able to be more comfortable with that. Yeah, but, he, but it, the whole thing is he takes you out of your comfort and he, i mean it's like it's That's amazing pretty yeah. uh you've taken it no but it, as we're, we're about to take it mm-hmm. uh but uh it's the way he explained it and the way you're i mean you're totally out of your comfort comfort but at the same time he takes you out and he, and he allows you to get back in there mm-hmm. uh so we're, we're pretty stoked yeah, I think he, yeah, he like beat you into uh, being uncomfortable and then you're like, see, you're not that uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. <like> in comparison, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, shout out to Ben. That's, that's crazy. Um, so what's, what's, what's next for the, uh, for the, for Sophie? I mean, what was the future? What's next? Well, um, well, hold on, go? hold where on, hold go? on, hold on, hold on. Before we, before we push her into where <laughs> she wants to go, Bro. What's up with your clippers that are coming out? Because they look dope. They're awesome, actually. Um, I'm super happy with it. Um, that one we we found out about this. About well, well, explain, a year explain, ago. explain, explain to, to to people listening what it is. So um, I've been with a I've been with Bayless Company for almost four years, and we just announced our influencer collection, including me, Rob, and Hawk. Um, there's three different colorways for um, uh, the the gold clipper that most people have seen. Um, we or all ha- or have or have, and we have. Um, uh, you know what's really big about this one is that for the longest time they didn't put any artist faces in with the name of the brand and stuff. So this is also really huge for them as it is for us to kind of like, I guess, reward 
the people that have been working like their asses off to kind of like push for the 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 tools to you know promote and what we do so it was a really cool thing that we had the opportunity to um have our faces on all these boxes which is insane so like i haven't great. showed my mom yet and i'm gonna record how that whole thing is gonna go down because she's because she doesn't under she doesn't understand what i even do today she just knows like whatever it is you're you're fine that's right. all that that's right, all she right. knows so I think it's going to be a really funny reaction to see her you're gonna and my up. aunt. You're going to go see my aunt. You, you have yeah, to, right? Definitely. Yeah. You're going to wrap it up like a gift? Yeah. And, and then, then have her unwrap it? Yeah. <laughs> and then just see, like, what do, what do you feel about it? Like, what yeah. do you think this is? Because I asked her over the phone the other day. I'm like, Mom, do you know what a clipper is? She's like, no. I'm like, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> There's a package coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's uh-huh. so, so, so that's the future. <laughs> so so <laughs> Rob has a color. Mm-hmm. Rob's got the white one. Hawk's got the red one. And then I have the black one. Mm. And all of them have different blades that come with it. No. Um, so that's also a different feature. Um, I I have a fade blade on mine. It's like a it's a new blade that we haven't had before. The the outside graphite um, we had a set before, but I don't think that was out yet. But now we have a new cutting blade for mine that's uh, on the inside cutting blade, and it makes it really really nice. Um, Hawk has a different fade blade that was previously seen on the 673s that we had before. They're called a lithium FX. And then Rob has the original taper blade on his. So you get a little bit different. And what's cool is like we have different color levers and a different color bottom ring. So people can interchange them and, and make it a different color if they want to. So you can kind of collect it from different people and then adjust and then it as you want. So you don't, you could do, you can customize. Yeah. You can kind of customize it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's tight. Hey, not to step on your black ones, but have you seen the custom cases that people are doing over them? Custom cases? On these guys, on the gold ones? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those are cool. kind of dope, mm-hmm. man. I love those custom cases. Mm-hmm. You, um, you have, uh, Gabriel has one for his, uh, his walls, you know, like the wood case. Oh, the wood cases. Yeah, it's I've seen those. Cool. Yeah, those are nice because you can kind of engrave them and do all that. Yeah, it's kind of cool how like there's a business within the business, right? Yeah, like, these there's are a like, lot of those people now that do all the custom stuff. I dig that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of tattoos, it's kind of like that, right? Right. <laughs> Customizing them mm-hmm. with the tattoos. So uh, other than the Clippers, what's going on? Uh, let's see. Other than the Clippers, something else is coming out next year. Can't say yet, but March. 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 Be aware. March. March 2020. Yeah, March 2020 is going to be big. Um, and then I am releasing a new a new class series probably this month. What month are we in? August uh september september so sometime in september I'm, I'm going to finally announce um a new class series that i'm doing um that's is that gonna, something that'll be live or is it, uh in be, person be on it'll the be, intranets yeah it'll be in person um i'm gonna be traveling with it um there's not that many i'm only doing a few a year so that it's like more special you know yeah, I get it. because i i mean as much as we do a lot of um classes based on techniques and stuff this is something where i'm offering a little bit more where it's like um you know you guys are all getting a sneak peek of what's coming so this class will be geared of course for techniques and just helping people understand it but there is a huge segment that i want to talk about just like building like your own self-awareness building just being able to be more mindful of things because i think when i think about what has helped me get here it's not like learning the skills get that that's natural but i think what helped me a lot was just like reprogramming my thoughts and just like Mm. believing that you can because that's that's the most that's the main thing because like you said before like most people stop at that first part 
your family doesn't support it now i don't know what to do right you know what i mean so it's going to include a little bit deeper because i feel like and and making people actually do uncomfortable things because i think that is going to help you just not only in work but like in life to kind of just push yourself through a lot of things that are always going to be uncomfortable all right i'm in mm-hmm. just let me know the yeah. first class <laughs> you're gonna be there so are these up. are these classes going to be will they be like one-offs or the, are they going to be like at like premiere or something like that will oh, you travel it be by, the by itself by itself yeah, so it'll be one of, oh, yeah. i can't wait so i'm dude. doing like a two-day yeah. course of just like like it's just it's small and intimate i've always mm-hmm. been more of a fan of just like smaller classes sure. the larger ones i mean there's just too many people i want to be able to be more a little bit more hands-on with like mm-hmm. individuals um, I'm building like these really super kits for each person. So it'll be like, because for me, it's like, if I'm, if I'm going to teach you how to do something, it would make more sense to me that you'd be using similar tools. And if not, it does get hard because I've done a lot of hands-on classes where people are using different things and they don't always add up the same. So, sure. I mean, if I saw someone do any kind of job and they were using certain tools at work, I would assume that I would want that too. Seriously, I'm it. <laughs> I know. It's gonna be pretty awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited to finally like. When does that talk start? About that. Um, my first class will be in LA. Actually, I feel like it's where I'm from, so I should do mm. it there first. Um, it'll be in the first weekend of November. Oh, like like in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Oh, so word. I'm announcing it. Yeah. I need to no, you put just, it out soon. You, you just did. Yeah, yeah. Right. There you go. That's out. That's out. <laughs> you can talk about it now. So uh, th- th- this is an awkward, like, like clever <laughs> segue. So, uh, so to find out about those classes, Sophie, where would uh, where would one find it? Um, Instagram and stay gold. Yeah, Instagram actually. <laughs> Inst- I'll even post it on Instagram. There'll be like I already filmed like a whole commercial for it um, for IG IG TV. Mm-hmm. It'll be on there. So, do you have uh, other cities uh, mm-hmm. lined up too? Um, the other cities are still are still being selected, but there'll be like probably major cities around the U.S. first, like D.C. Mm, I don't know. New I don't know yet. <laughs> New York, New York for sure. New York is probably for sure. We'll have to make that trip up then. We'll mm-hmm. take the train up. Yeah, mm-hmm. seriously, I, I want I want to take the class. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody does, right? Yeah, it's just it's literally a, I'm I'm excited because it's a collective of just everything that I've ever learned, all the right doll heads that that people should be cutting on that are gonna actually help. Because I mean that's that's a huge thing with like a lot of barbering courses. There's actually a lot of doll heads that aren't equipped for it, but I have come across a few that I think are really, really good. good. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. That's probably why we don't learn clippering in, in cause school. Right. You try to cut those. those oh, yeah. You're cutting, <laughs> you're cutting a smooth line, and then it looks like you have a line, you know, and there's nothing you can do <laughs> about it. Can do. And, like, even when, like, like, the hair is so separated that, like, even when you start clippering it, you're like, oh, that just made her bald. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, all sorts of cowlicks and everything. So people are, like, already discouraged, like, damn, I just suck then. And it's, like, it's not you. It's the doll head. Or, like, six hairs coming out of the same follicle. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, What's that? It's like a plug. Mm-hmm. Right. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm super excited for that one just because it's like, I don't know, the other the other aspects of like just building like your mind, I think is like so huge. That's so, so cool. And I think that there's so much, we're seeing a lot of, a lot more of that going on right mm-hmm. now. It's, it, it's obviously to me or obvious to me that the next transition in our industry is that like even the posts that you see is like, you know the empowerment of each other mm-hmm. and the empowerment of oneself. Yes. So, um, mm-hmm. and uh, 
almost an Elizabeth Fay way, but even like on a, on a daily basis, you see a lot of like even post on Instagram about, you know, how you deal with this client or, or mm-hmm. the, the proper way to deal with the client or right. deal with this uh, this situation or each other. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what is it? How can people find you? What is your your tag? Uh, your handle. My handle is Stagel Thirty One on Instagram. Um, I think it's still Stagel Thirty One on Facebook. And then YouTube is Sophie Stagold. Sophie Stagold. I'm going to relaunch, actually. Oh, that's another project that I'm Boom. working on. Uh, YouTube. Um, I know it's been, it. I've been going back and forth, and I'm sure everyone does, of like, I'm too late in the game to enter. Like, honestly, like, you can get in at any time and just, it's just work. It's just more consistent work that you have mm-hmm. to do. But I'm going to do a whole YouTube um, series on a bunch of different things that, kind of go beyond of just like haircutting because i feel like all my haircutting stuff is all geared in instagram anyways so i wanted to build like a different concept for youtube and maybe go more into just like the 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 common questions that people do ask me it's just more informational of just like you know like like questions about just like being asian and and doing hair you know stuff like that where it's like you're it's more storytelling through Mm -hmm. like the journey versus like you know i'm gonna teach you how to do a fade what's the number one question you get uh, number one question is I'm I just got out of school or it, it's just mostly like being new like I'm new I just did my first haircut and it sucked like do I give up of course not of course not exactly you're like listen to that hair industry podcast look at the shit I went mm-hmm. through <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> go, go to this link right here <laughs> like literally I'm just gonna have it saved and so when people ask me a question like link that, like, yeah, right <laughs> life story yeah life story boom Awesome. Miss Soph, dude, I can't I can't thank you enough for uh, for sharing with our listeners and, and, and coming in and hanging out with us and sharing your story and being being a tad vulnerable and oh, all sure. that stuff, dude. Yeah, we, thank we you. Really appreciate it. And we're gonna end it with mad respect. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Like, yeah. I mean these these type of podcasts I think are always really great for the community and the industry because it it allows you to kind of dig a little deeper than what we always see online of more finished projects and and all that stuff so you know what you guys are doing i mean spending all this time to be here and and do all this i think you guys are really helping a lot of people dude we appreciate that it's we've talked about this again a couple times on the podcast too but it's like you know when you see the instagram when you see sophie today you know you see the end result not that it's the end Mm -hmm. but you know whatever that result is at that moment is the end of that journey right but it's not the journey Mm -hmm. right so so we you know by this long format you know we kind of get to share the the Mm-hmm. The, the the journey, you right. know, and that's and that's kind yeah, of yeah the struggles and you know and the successes. Well, even even to our point that there are no successes without the struggles. Yeah. You know, struggle success is on the other end of struggle. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's not it's not in the struggle. You yeah. know, so. yeah. Mad respect. Thank you. That's it. That's it. Seriously, I am taking the class. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, give me the ticket now. <laughs> I want to be the first one to pay. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Story there. <laughs> That's awesome. Sophie, once again, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for giving us your time. And thanks for getting up you know, early on your level <laughs> for thank us. You. Um, thank you for joining us on your day off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. 
<laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs> 